Hey there, it's Hotline League episode 91. I'm so excited to be doing this show with you tonight. Of course, the show brought to you by both Movement and Alienware. We throw their logos up on the screen. I'm joined right now by my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman, who is now frozen on Skype. There, Come back to us, Mark. I don't know what happened. You're, you're cutting in and out. I think my internet just took a fat dookie. Yeah, well, it's not me, thankfully. So uh, we're off to a great start already. But you're you're in a state of shock on the screen, uh, which <laughs> no, I really dude. appreciate. I look, I look so concerned. I'm trying I look to really refresh sad. it, but uh, I guess I'm just gonna have to manually. I, t- I turned mine off and turned it back on. It's not working. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'll uh, I'll re- I have to reset. Anyway, um, uh, I'm not that worried, despite what my image looks like. I'm doing fine, guys. Don't worry about me. Okay, good, because we were all worried uh, for a bit. Um, all right. Well, anyway, how you been, Mark? Uh, pretty good. Uh, it's been an interesting weekend. You and I, oh, are we talking about that? Are we, t- are we talking about that even a little bit? Oh, the writer's room. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, I will give you permission to give the slightest tease on what it is. How about you tell me, how about you do the tease? So I know I, that I can't go further and I'll fill in some of the blanks. Mark and, and, the details and I it. are working on a five to 10 minute show about esports. That is scripted. That's starring, what starring, and so starring. We, and well, it's, I'm not the star. I'm only the main, the protagonist in the in the. See, you're, I don't want to say it's me. It's too late. You screwed me. I just said starring, and then you could have just said. I know, I know, no, I know. It's well, it's just it's gonna give people the wrong idea. Um, anyway, I don't know when we're, I, if we're going to film it before, I don't know. I don't want anybody's hopes up. We've, we've, we haven't even finished the script yet, but the script is getting there. And I think today I had a breakthrough on the final scene, uh, and I'm pretty excited about it, but. Oh, I'm down to a hop back in there whenever I had a lot of fun doing it. I've never really, I I always like learning new skill sets or like trying to learn new skill sets. So like. Uh, Broden is the only one of us with any real, um, like, yeah, yeah, anything Anything related to production. Broden's going to have more experience than us. So it's just cool to be able to work with him and, and you to be able to try to begin writing a script, which I've never done before. Captain Flyers has signed me up. I'm not confident in Captain Flyers acting ability. Dude, I feel like get him. have him be the meathead in one character and just get him drunk and then he'll play the role perfectly. I don't, I don't know if that's how it works. Um, anyway, anyway, he's a, he's a method actor. <laughs> well, I mean, he could, he could just play himself. The problem is again, we'd want to get him drunk. And then I, I don't know if we can't get him on the show without right, PR approval. I doubt that they're going to be like, yes, we want captain flowers to play a drunk version of himself on your show. Travis, it's going to be a regular version. Isn't it? Yes, yeah, exactly. No, I was just, I've never, we were just talking. I've never seen Captain Flowers at a party. I don't think he drinks. Oh, right, right. I think he mostly reads nonfiction, uh, historical books about uh, past wars and different Watches rulers. Watches documentaries. Yes, yeah. He's not really interested in the party life, is what I would say. Mm. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so let's talk. What else, what else have we been doing? It feels like there was something else that has happened recently. I went to a farmer's market. Oh, that's great. So you for, you had your first week at off in a very long time. And you I put it to, to good use. What's that? So I put it to good use. Yeah. 
No, and you haven't invited me over yet to have any. I love a good charcuterie board. You bought all the ingredients for charcuterie. I ate half of it already with Ashley tonight. Uh, it was really good. So better schedule the next writer's room so I can bring it before it's all gone. Okay. Well, I leave to Mexico on Wednesday with Kelby. So Tomorrow it is. Yeah. I guess I could ask Roden if he's free tomorrow. Because I do want to shoot it whenever if we've got this one week. To, let's just coordinate all of this right now at the start of the show. I've got this one week. Uh, Broden, are you free tomorrow? I've got basically the one week bef between TwitchCon and Worlds where... And then I go to Worlds. So it's like I, I go to Mexico, I come back next Monday. We figure out if we're doing a hotline leak that night or not. Or if we're doing it oh, on Oh, so like you're, you're covering playing stage then? No. I So TwitchCon... So Worlds is in... TwitchCon starts the... Or sorry, Worlds starts the week after next. Because it's this it week... And then next week is TwitchCon, and then the week after that is October. And October 2nd is when World's Earth's plan starts. I'm going on October 9th. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. No, I only cover the parts of Worlds that people care about. Um, I only cover hey, the parts of Worlds that Clutch is going to make it out of. Wait, what? Whoa! That doesn't even make sense. I was trying to slam Clutch, and I didn't even make the joke right. Um, right. You're, yeah, that didn't work. Also, I hit diamond and TFT. Oh, big news. Yes. And and I will say this. I am entering in. I don't know if I can say this, but I think I'm going to. So Twitch Rivals is having a open bracket at TwitchCon, where if you make it through the open bracket, which I think you have to place, my understanding is you have to place top 16 out of 64, you make it into the main event. I don't know if Mark is casting that or not, but I know he's cast other Twitch rivals before, so I wouldn't be surprised if he is. But I am really hoping that I make it through the open bracket of Twitch rivals for TFT and make it into the main event. And then, like, let's say Mark and Kobe are, are casting, because I know they've cast the past ones, they have to cast my TFT match. I think that would be absolutely incredible. I really want that to happen. We make sure the spectators only track Travis and we talk about every little thing that we think we sh she should have done. No, you don't have to. It's just I, I'm the main story of the event. And and coming out of the open bracket, a man no one expected. A man who's never competed professionally at anything before in his life and only talks to the people who compete professionally. I can interview myself, Mark. I can finally be the everything I've wanted to be. That actually be a great video. You you better make it now so you can interview yourself on what the event was like. Yeah, that'd be sick. I'm so excited about this. Uh, anyway, so that's been the fun thing that's been going on. I'm actually not terrible at a video game for once. Um, You're definitely better than me now, though, because I've barely played at all. I'm I'm still Diamond Four, I think, but I, I would yeah. be amazed if I like was actually at a Diamond Four level. They, they should get me to be the caster uh, for the event. Um, they should, for the sure. Desk. Either way, uh, well, I don't know. Anything else, Mark? Anything besides your your farmer's market? No. No. Okay, well, nope. that, that's fun. Thanks for that. Okay, um, let's... What about what about this week? Did anything happen in League this week well, that we a, yeah, should prime people so, for? Okay. Today... <laughs> This, uh, by the way, I love this part because the show already starts and we've got like, you know, casters or like especially people associated with Riot in the Twitch chat. And then I'll be like, all right, so something that happened today was Riot fucked up the ticket sales for finals. Oh, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then those people just quiet, they get really quiet for 30 minutes and then eventually they pop back up for like a funny topic. So 
Everyone say goodbye to Captain Flowers, who doesn't want to have anything to say about this. Um, the All-Star event for 2019 got announced again uh, back in Vegas. Um, uh, what else? What else? What else? happened? Uh, it was on the front page today. I don't know. I hit Diamond again. It's a lot of just kind of whining because there's nothing going on, you know. So a lot of top threads I'm looking at from the past week are just kind of whining. It's like, remember when this happened? I really hope this is different. Now this thing's dumb. It's a lot of that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. So honestly, I mean, it's been a bit of a quiet week. Uh, I I think the nice thing about episodes like this is instead of it, it's always fun whenever we it's like Back okay, early. you know, you know, will this team made it out or this team qualified for worlds or whatever. But it's kind of fun whenever we can just do open calls instead of having it be like, well, this is a big thing. So obviously, if somebody wants to call in, I don't know if anybody tried to get worlds tickets, but here's a great chance for you to complain about how Riot failed you. Um, you know, that's what this show is mostly about. And then we we, we could talk about um, the All-Star stuff, if anybody wants to talk about that. I don't know if anybody's disappointed that's happening in Vegas or anybody's happy it is. Um, and then just open mics on, on other stuff, right? You think uh, you, you have some general topic about a LCS team. You have some idea for some change that Riot should make. You want to talk about format changes for next year that you think should happen. Any of these different things. So... Tonight's the night that you, the callers, please get a little creative, okay? I'm tired of hearing about how Bjergsen is going to leave TSM or stay on TSM. Mark? I'm just calling random people because, uh, like you said, it's open open mic night, I guess. Yep. <sighs> Some of these will probably be pretty quick, you know, like two-minute, five-minute calls, something like that. Real Fox, you right, well, up to Captain Flyers. Nice. Congrats, Captain Flyers. You've... If you guys have never been on the show before, good night, because now you can come in and say whatever you want, apparently. Um, go ahead and spamming Twitch chat with the Discord link. Go ahead and click that to join the Discord that we use for this show. It is a call-in show, so once you get here, join the Pleb Calls voice channel and mute yourself once you get in there. And then the Pleb Topics or Subtopics text channels, go ahead and post whatever it is you want to talk about. Uh, if we like your topic, we'll pull you from that voice channel into the waiting room where you'll hang out until it's your turn. I'll do a quick mic check with you to make sure everything's working, and then we'll get you on air to talk with Travis and myself. Yep. Yep. Pretty soon, everyone will be, I think, uh, I just noticed this Neo Splitter in the chat says top 20 list soon. Pretty soon, everyone will be angrily debating the top 20 list. I'm excited about that phase in the the esports calendar. Oh, baby. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad I'm not working on that one. Oh, you're not working on this one? Did you in the past? No, I should say I've never worked on them. But I'm glad I'm not working on it once again. Uh, I saw a ton of people saying Yanko's for number one player in the world. And I'm like, listen, he's had a great summer split and he's a really good player. But there is no fucking way in the world Yanko's the best player in the world. I think you can't say that. Based on... Okay. <laughs> Everyone go take a look <laughs> oh! at... Let's, let's while we're waiting because this is we've got time to fuck around on the show. I want to show everybody something. I'm gonna load it up. Uh oh, is this your your like and dislike ratio? <sighs> All right. I mean, first off, okay. I gotta say, where are we? I don't know how this is gonna work as well on the on the show. But... Holy shit, things are rad. Oh good. Nice and... Just like we're just we've got cuss words going from this ad. All right. So first off, I gotta say. Congrats on the 67,000. That's a great number for uh, our episodes. This is hey. last episode. 
What? We're over 50% on the like ratio. Yes. More people agreed with us than hated our guts. But this is what happened. This is just a cautionary tale to any would-be content creators. Because, you know, sometimes people reach out to me and they say, Hey, you know, I'm a... I'm a junior at this college, and I really I, I love everything you do, Travis, and I, I really want to model myself after... Well, these people, by the way, are lost and confused. Nobody should model themselves after me. But they say this stuff to me, and I, I one, feel sad for them because, you know, aspire for more. But two, I just want to say, if you are committed to doing this stuff, never, ever say anything bad about Europe because those people will come across the ocean like we did whenever we founded this country and they will dislike your fucking video and then they will leave a lot of angry comments and the youtube uh descript down below wait where is it comments 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 how do you find is this when you're not logged in is this the experience oh it's because it's small okay I don't know what's going Travis on. Travis is here. insufferable for the first 20 minutes of this not even listening to Mark Z just pushing this narrative that G2 has been crowned uh, all these, they'll just leave, they'll leave salty comments. There's stuff in here probably about me wanting to do things sexually to Peter. There's just a lot of them. <laughs> all right. So here's the thing. Both fan bases, in my opinion, are equally vocal in the comment threads overall. If you like really flame them or something or go against like their narrative, but European fans are much bigger, uh, advocates of the thumbs down button, I believe, yes. but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yes. So, it definitely feels that way. So this is the funny thing is we air the show at a time when North America is awake, but Europe is mostly not, you know, every now and then we'll get, uh, what's Davidson, our Swedish caller or whatever we get. Oh yeah. There yeah. are some EUs that are awake. Shout out to all of you right now watching live. You real one for the most part ones we're good. So, so we'll be having fun and antics and, and making jokes and I'll be, you know, talking about how I don't think G2's. 100% the best team in the world and Twitch chat's having a great time. We're all having a great time. Then I upload it in the morning and Europe goes, uh, we, oui, we oui. wait, no, 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 no. This is terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Some generic European accent. And then they get angry and then they dislike and they leave a comment about how I want to fillet Peter. Um, and I just, I feel like any fans say that too, though. Yes. Uh, but they they leave an angry comment about how I want to flate Peter. They don't leave a positive comment. They're not like you know. I would love to see Peter and Travis. Um, They're not anyway. like, man, I'm so jealous of Travis getting to flate Peter. They're yeah, like, yeah. They're like, he's just salty. Too, he's too busy flating Peter. <laughs> yes, exactly. So anyway, <laughs> hang on. Let me take the, the the sponsor logo down for a second. It's like, man. Travis would be actually able to say something that makes sense if he just take double his dick out of his mouth. And, you know, it's just like, it's those comments where I'm like, look, I get, you know, I get it. Double if <laughs> Travis. Best it's, a, it's an easy joke to make. But, you know, ultimately, you're not, that's not a, you've not, you've not forwarded your argument. You know, you're not making me somehow think that G2 is the best team in the world and I'm wrong. You've just, you've just made yourself look like a salty European. So take the cigarette out of your mouth. It's not healthy. And then leave a sensical comment. That's my suggestion for you. I disagree. Say whatever Cigarettes you want. Cigarettes are not healthy for you, Mark. Don't advocate smoking on this podcast. I don't care what people do with their lives. And I don't care if they flame you in the comments. But downvoting the video can have negative repercussions. 
Flame I'll tell away. Them that they'll do it. Maybe they, I mean they were doing it anyways. It's yeah. not going to get <laughs> much true, worse. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, go ahead and flame us for or Travis or me or whoever for those uh, those those videos of us that you don't like. Go ahead and be a keyboard warrior. That drives interactions. That's great. Uh, but the, the thumbs downs. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, England, if you're gonna ex leave Europe, just do it already. We're tired of. All of this will they won't they bullshit. Should we get in the next uh, first call? <laughs> yeah, dude. All right. <clears throat> Mark is grabbing the first caller. Meanwhile, um, I am going to name off some people who subbed. By the way, it is September right now. If you if you disliked my YouTube video and you would like to make it up to me, you can sub right now for half off two dollars and fifty cents. It's a great deal. I think also maybe you get it half off at higher tiers, but shout out to the people who did sub today. Ollie One, Insulin Shots, The Whip of Justice, Nemsic, who I believe has a tier two sub, Pyrene, uh, Teal is Panda, Avura for 12 months. By the way, Nemsic at 25, I think, which is when I first. Uh, Boomcan90 is joining us right now. Boomcan, where are you calling from? Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, nice. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So um, I think the G2 has some of the best mechanically skilled players in the West, but Team Liquid as a team will perform better than G2 will. Okay. I just want to say I was not involved in pulling this G2TL topic right after we referenced This is actually Travis year. who pre-recorded himself and added a European voice. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Boomcan, you're from Pittsburgh, but your accent doesn't sound very Pittsburgh. Uh, yes, I am not from U.S. I spent the last decade in Singapore. Okay. All right, okay. fine. It's not a European accent. I just wanted to clarify that. Um, okay, Boomcan, first off, fucking love Singapore. Jealous you got to spend a decade there. Really want to go back. Um, and actually, a ton of Singapore people, like my, my audience, Singapore is one of the highest ranked countries on my content. So shout out to Singapore. Secondly, do you want to elaborate a little bit on your G2TL take? So I, I think that when you're talking at an individually skilled level, uh, I think Wonder is one of the best top laners that is present. Um, Jankos can pull off some crazy plays. Caps has one of the highest mechanical ceilings. And well, Perks and, uh, and Mickey just do Perks and Mickey stuff. But I also think that they, as a team, also have one of the uh, lowest floor ceilings that can, uh, flo skill floors that can be exploited. Whereas I think that uh, with a team like Team Liquid, which has been a bit more stable, they might not have the highest highs, but they don't have the lowest lows. So I think that in general, I expect Team Liquid to perform a lot better than uh, G2, just because I think at an international stage with the Chinese and the Korean teams coming in, they'll be better prepared to exploit the uh, fluctuation that's present in G2s. So first off, <laughs> I love this take. The idea that, like, well, G2, they're really, really good, but sometimes they just suck. And, you know, North America, we just kind of move along with TL, uh, just hanging in there steady. Slow and steady wins the race. Um, so, I don't know. Mark, do you think this is a fair take? Because I feel like we've seen some pretty shit games out of TL, too. I mean, the fact that they went to five games and several series and didn't always look great in those and some of those losses, I think, is perhaps a, a sign of concern for TL fans. 
I think G2 are a lot more memorable when they go boom. Like, a bad TL game is usually like, oh, they didn't really do anything, and the other people kind of were able to force plays on them, and then they kind of just maybe picked a bad fight and lost. Whereas, like, when G2 has a boom game, what was that one versus Fnatic in the finals when it was like, I forget, they died like 10 times or something. Maybe maybe it was in the... Is that the Gary Yumi game? There, there was one game I was watching. I can't quite remember. It, it might have been in the, the the winners' final, not the grand final. Either way, like when when G two like loses the game for themselves, it happens in like the first five minutes where they turbo went in all three lanes. Whereas like when TL loses the game, it's this slow kind of bleed out and die. Rarely like off their own. Like we really fucked ourselves over so i think it's a lot more memorable when g2 does it but i don't really think it's necessarily uh more prevalent and i also think you know it comes with the caveat that they also have a much higher ceiling than than team liquid does so when they're not doing this they should be able to win a lot against better competition than than tl would be able to so i disagree overall with the take i think you know it's very likely that in group stage you watch G2 throw a game really, really hard, maybe even against like a play-in stage quality team. Um, but I don't think that they will do worse than TL overall at the tournament. Travis, do you have a different take? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I definitely... It's The sense that I get is that whenever... G2 loses most of the time it's because they're playing with their food and it feels like they're not going to do that. They'll rise to the occasion at Worlds. I do worry for teams like G2 when the only downside to being so much better than your region is that you are never really challenged as much as you could be. Now, obviously, Fnatic pits up a really good fight and all that, but I just mean like, I don't know. Like, actually, I, I kind of want to spin this into a question for you, Mark. Do you do you worry at all that G two, having been so much better than a lot of the other teams in Europe, might never have really gotten the challenge or like pit through the rigorous tests that perhaps some of these other teams in other regions do? I don't think so. I mean, they they went to five games against in in both their series against Fnatic, um, and both times they were down in those series um, and had to win. Uh, two or three in a row to to come back. So I definitely don't think that they are lacking in any way, um, you know, experience in high-pressure situations. They won MSI. Uh, they, they've played a number of uh, serious matches. Like, I don't think that they should, you know, they're, they're like Griffin, who you've watched just choke their life away every time it matters. They're not like that, so... I'm not concerned about them. I do agree that they do feel like they play to the level of their opponent sometimes, uh, but I don't think that they would ever do it enough to really jeopardize their their chances. Yeah. Boomcan, do you do you disagree with this stuff, or I mean, do you do you want to challenge Mark on any of that? Uh, I would definitely add in that the the Fnatic uh, G2 series um, they came back a lot more because of. Uh, Whippo playing bad more so than and being completely outclassed by Wonder more so than you know Fnatic playing bad. Oh, sorry, more so than G2 playing well. It was I personally think that that was just a game, a series that Broxa, not Broxa, sorry, that Whippo single-handedly threw for them, and that if uh, and if Fnatic is not able to play through the top lane, then they're not really able to 
went through. So taking Fnatic as a baseline for comparison to see how G2 will play and will work, I don't think is a fair statement. Yes, that's the closest that we'll come to see of them, but that is not going to give us a holistic view on how G2 is going to be. I also think that um, Caps is in a habit of making a lot of mechanical mistakes, more so than someone like Jensen uh, is going to make. So that's where my uh, uh, thought of DL being able to perform better is going to come. Yeah, but the thing about Caps you need to realize is almost every international tournament he's taken place in, he's basically led or been like top two, top three of mid laners in deaths per game. Like that is just how he plays. Uh, he will always have these kinds of things that are mechanical misplays because he's taking bigger risks. Um, Boom, can, can so, you mute your mic, by the way, whenever Mark is talking, just because we're getting a bit, a bit of an echo? Sorry, Mark. Um, yeah, no problem. I, I, I just like, I, I for the first time I watched Caps, uh, an international competition, I think it was an MSI like two or three years ago. I think that was the first one he, he was on. Um, and everyone was, you know, like talking about how great he was. And I didn't watch the games that closely from his perspective. And I just remembered like, oh, he died sometimes really randomly in side lanes and stuff going for really risky plays. And he had like the most deaths of all mid laners in that tournament. And so I wasn't initially that impressed. And then I think it was like Worlds was coming around. I went back and watched those games closer. And I was like, ah, he's usually just like forcing stuff to try and jumpstart his team in some way. Um, so I, I definitely don't hold it against him as much as I used to. Um, but the whole Wonder versus Whippo point, like G2 is the team that can carry through pretty much all three lanes. Um, and so while maybe Wonder was the guy who stepped up and did the most, Maybe that was a weakness they identified, and they spent more time and resources, both in draft and out of game, to, to get him rolling um, against Whippo for Wonder. Uh, maybe something where they, they'll try to play more towards mid lane versus people who have weaker mid laners. They have a lot of firepower on that team, so they should be able to figure out game plans for most of their competition, as well as the fact, like, those games were close and they were tested and they were forced to play well. But when G2 needed to play well, I mean, game five of, of this of the first series was a, a under a sub 20 minute game, and the game before that was a 25 minute game. And so while you know Fnatic forced them to play well and forced them to play serious, when push came to shove, G2 at times was absolutely brutally dominating. Even in in game four of the last series, you know, it was like 17 to five in kills, and they 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 obliterated them. So. Uh, I think I think G2, I, I mean, you're not wrong in any way where they, they, they do have a lower ceiling, I think, you know, where they will drop more games to random opponents than I think a, a TL would. But they, I don't think it's enough for anyone to be alarmed. Yeah, I do. I do hope that somehow we end up with a TL versus G2 series. That'd I mean, be sick. Even if that, like, I know that G2's favorite, obviously, in that matchup, Europeans. Please like the video at this point in time, um, but I do I do think it would be fun and entertaining to watch. So. I agree. I mean, the only way it would get better is if they had to like tackle some Western teams or Eastern teams on the way of getting there. But if they can't, you know, just just get, put them in the quarterfinals against each other. Yeah. Boom Cam, thanks so much for calling. Is there anything you want to say as we move on to uh, the next caller? I think that's about it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks so much for calling in. You know what I just realized, Mark? I know you're about mm. to hear up the next caller, but this show works really well in part because our audience are all gamers who play online with people. So everybody calling it has like great headsets and stuff like that. So we actually ends up working out fantastic. 
most of the time. Yeah, if we were like a random car radio talk show online, do yeah. you think it would work as well? If we were like a beauty stream show where we talked about beauty products and makeup and stuff like that, people would all be calling in on like MacBooks with shitty... You know what? You, you know what has the worst is uh, conspiracy theory shows and oh, stuff really? like that. All their all their podcasts are so fucking shit in quality. Not like I watch a lot of them. I usually see clips of them getting made fun of another. Sure, good things. save. Good save. Yeah, totally. I don't watch that stuff. Flat yeah. Earth is dumb for sure. Uh, but yeah, anytime I see that kind of stuff, like they're just the worst quality. Uh, oh, Captain Flyers is because all the callers are calling from their doomsday shelters in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> There's just like an old rotary phone. Hello? Yes. The world is ending. Crank power. You can't trust any electrical grids. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm off the network. I mean, I've dialed in for this, but... All right. Next caller. Right. We're not that funny. Coming up here in a second. I think we're funny. People gave us an LMAO and an LOL W in chat, so I feel like we're good. Pyrian has subbed. Thank you. TL is Panda for four months. Avura for one year. Uh, Just Joe 90. Palm Tree 0 wants to heal for 16. Bringing the Heat. Voyu 1 for 20 months. Laziness for 16. Cameron 00C for 5. And then Real Foxy gives a sub to Captain Flowers. Uh, River Saint sent 100 bits, by the way. Throw some bits up in the, the pool. You know, sometimes I end the show, nobody sent bits, and uh, the bit leaderboard is just empty. That's a huge opportunity for somebody. I just want to throw it out there. Nihilist Gamer for 14 months. XAxel95X uh, for five. Kiwi the Peach and Chip Wheel. We got Jay-Z in the chat or in the call. Jay-Z, where are you calling from? Miami. Miami. Uh, you've called him before, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? About um, uh, G2 getting fined for uh, Wander streaming uh, Wild Class. Another G2. So I'm wondering if Mark has just pulled exclusively G2 people into the chat to somehow either anger or make EU fans happy. We've just become an EU show, Travis. They're the better region. Uh, they got the more interesting storylines going That's on. True. How are we not supposed to talk about them? That's true. Yeah, they that was the, best, the news. I mean, they've got the best team in the fucking world. Okay. Uh so, so what, okay, expand on this Wonder topic, JC. Can you explain for the people that don't know? Uh, so basically, um, Wonder was streaming Wild Classic from a computer or from a, a system or computer that Riot had for him. And um, that wasn't really kosher with Riot, so they find him. So was this that's, on broadcast? Huh? What so that's, that's, that's where the, the story, I think, uh, is a little different than what, we're hearing right now. I believe, from what I understood, it was because he opened up um, on ProView. A, oh, was it ProView? Yeah, there's there's no WoW on ProView, but he opened up a, a browser that had some of the meme images of his him playing WoW on them, or something along those lines, or some WoW related memes or images on there. Um, and it wasn't like he was actually playing it, but it was just supposed to be jokes, but. On Riot's official broadcast of League of Legends <laughs> Championship, or whatever the uh, League of Legends European Championship, you're not uh, allowed to do that. Uh, okay. Do you still okay? Okay. Now that we've clarified this, Jazzy, do you still have the same opinion that he shouldn't have been fined? Um. No, he should have been fined. 
Hey, Jay-Z, thanks so much for calling in. Is there anything you want to say as we move on to the next caller? Um, no, nah, I'll just let other people talk. Yeah, thanks. Have Enjoy a good one. Listening. All right, you too. Yeah. See ya. All right, move it on. I thought you were going to maybe uh, have an opinion on that. You, you agree? I mean, I, mean, I think it's, it's, I can't imagine. The, okay, we'll expand on it a little bit. But yeah, it does not surprise <laughs> me that Riot does not want to enable people showing images from other games on their official broadcast because then eventually it's just like, hey, uh, this is just a meme image from the mobile game uh, X. Fire 470 uh, that just shows up on the LEC broadcast. Funny that this is here. I'm not taking any money on the way. Back. All right, so people are saying it, it's not in their broadcast because it's pro view, right? That's, That's their broadcast. broadcast. Yeah. You fucking moron. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Mark, Mark, <laughs> Mark. Whose broadcast is it, Twitch chat? I know we've gotten a little aggro. I know we've gotten a little aggro with the chat lately. I know, I know we've been we've been more on the adversarial side. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I had to pop off at one of our relationship with the show. When I get angry at the chat, when they say mean things about the caller, we need to get angry at you when you say mean things about the chat. All right. I need to find Mark. Mark, I'm sorry. You have to. Your invoice right, will be. Absent an extra hundred dollars. Uh, I'll return. Time, I'll is... return my my headset. <laughs> Uh, it's so funny. The guy, the guy who said it in Twitch chat with a smiley face. I was the fucking moron. Uh, thanks, dude. Uh, <laughs> you know what the problem is? I've been watching. Do you know who H Bomber guy is? Yeah. I've been watching a couple of his. I like. I, I feel like I take on people's mannerisms a little bit when I watch or like interact with someone too much. And he has those kind of like building moments where suddenly he just like snaps. <laughs> Um, it's, it wasn't in ProView? Is that true? Was it not in ProView? I mean, either, regardless, I can't imagine. Well, now, if... we need to get, now we need to get the true story because someone says Mark C. Pranga is what it's about, not even in ProView Omega lulls or just regular lulls. So I know G, the, I found out about this because G2 tweeted about it. They turned it into right, a so meme I... because anytime anything bad happens to them, they turn it into a meme. And I saw a Reddit thread about it. Um, and I thought I understood it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so wait, where was this? Maybe I'm the fucking idiot. Oh God! Or a moron? What was I say? I don't. Uh, I don't know. Well, oh, so they tweeted 15 hours ago. After we, uh, they said issuing us a penalty after we showed Wonder playing WoW Classic. Um, and then they linked the doc. And the problem is the doc for the fine tracker only show only says commercial violation. The fact that it's a commercial violation. Okay, so here's fuck, uh, Mark. You your your uncertainty around this has made me. I now I have to explain all this. Shit. Travis, we have a journalistic integrity that if I'm going to insult people, I better be right. Okay, well, and I don't, I don't know, know if, if I'm right, right. I'm not right sure now. if that's what journalistic integrity means, but okay. I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. So let's we rewind time all the way back to 2013. And because Whoa, why I are we somebody... going so far back? Do we need to go back two weeks only or something? No, no, no. Because I saw somebody talking about this in chat uh, before. Okay. So back in 2013, I know most of you guys were not following League of Legends, but I was. And uh, our our the website I worked for at the time, on Gamers uh, Slasher, broke this story about how in the team agreement there was language where Riot said play, uh, people who are or players that are members of the LCS uh, EU and North America 
cannot stream any other game other than League of Legends. Now, obviously, yep. this was outrageous, but Riot's defense at the time, I don't know if they ever said it publicly or not, I forget, but Riot's defense at the time was, hey, and this was actually really pop common because there were games like uh, Infinite Crisis, which was this like, this was in the heyday of MOBAs. Everyone was making a MOBA the same way everybody made Battle Royales for a while. Wow. It was like, hey, uh, games like Infinite Crisis were reaching out to pro players to try to get them to stream competitors to League of Legends, right? Because if you know you can get double F to stream your your MOBA competitor, that's a great thing. So Riot was like, oh, we, we want to prevent all this. Um, they claim that the reason they did this was because they didn't want anybody paying anybody to stream a comp competing game. And so ultimately, when this broke, obviously it was... Um, like a big scandal because everyone was like, this is bullshit. And at the time, pro players were playing a lot of games during the solo queue, queue times and all that stuff. So then they changed the language to, you can't get paid money to promote a game. So this is what is interesting to me is this commercial violation thing. Because, and by the way, Rogue somehow got it too. So I don't know what the team agreement is or the rules, or I don't know if this is a fine from the rule set or the team agreement, but I suspect... I would be surprised if it was just a player was streaming right. WoW. So now that I'm digging through, it seems like the thread got deleted off Reddit. Okay, well, the um, mods so gonna... definitely... That doesn't surprise me. Well, I was going to say, I'm going to guess rather that... Did this even happen? Or is this just G2 memeing us and that we've all been debated? No, it definitely happened because it's in the LEC penalty tracker that I literally have on screen right now. Right, but the penalty tracker doesn't say that it was specifically for Wunder or anything. G2 just might be memeing about, about the fact they got fined. So one of the, one of the, I like this tweet, um, but somewhere, if you scroll down, uh, Maximilian, who's the head of League Ops for EU, just replied, you are welcome. Because G2 was like, uh, thanks so much for finding us. Now we can make him uninstall it. And the guy, which I think was great, by the way, just replied, you're welcome. And I found that <laughs> hilarious. Uh, Maximilian Peter Schmidt, which is, by the way, and he looks like the most European dude ever. I'm just going to show him. All right, but to me, it could all just be a bunch of people laughing about it, and none of it's true. But somebody did get fined. Right, for sure. I'm saying the fine is real. But you but don't I'm know if it was from... Oh, I can't because I'm not logged into Twitter. I can't. Okay. But I was going to say the meme, like G2 might have got fined for some commercial violation like you're saying, but then they just joked about it and said, oh, it's because Wonder did this thing, right? Yeah. Do you think that this guy would have then tweeted about that? I, I mean, like I said, who knows? Maybe he's just, Europe's, they like Europe joking around really a lot. Europe is really fucking weird. They dislike my videos a lot. Um, okay. So now we don't know. I'm sorry, everyone. This is the problem with what happens when we as a media product, try to cover anything that happens on across any ocean. We just ha are confused and have no idea what's going on. I need to find a piece of paper. I'll be right back. Goodbye, Captain Flowers. Thanks for bringing me uh, tacos. I'll find, I'll get the next caller in here and then I'll be right back. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure I just got trolled and by the way, by insulted the way, Mark, our viewer base. By the way, Mark, very funny. Whenever you were calling somebody an idiot or whatever, I just want to say it's funny because Riot PR literally in the, in the Twitch chat right now. Um, I'm not really a rioter. Yeah, I know, so. I know, I know. I just I don't found think, it very funny because they had you know. to watch you, and then they couldn't stop you because you're. <laughs> I mean, I saw Jackie be like, "Mark, stop!" Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. that's great. Okay. Anyway, uh, where were we? Let's. I really want to know. I really want to know how the um, 
what ended up happening there. Maybe someday we'll find out. <laughs> All right, we're grabbing our next caller. This is a we're this is another punchy episode. Um, let's see, where were we? Chip Wheel, thank you for the six months. Armrose Lund, thank you for three. So many things for the nineteen. Merchant of Soul, six months. X Kakoa for three. You can go. And then Brawler Yukon for thirteen months in a row. I don't want to take a okay. Well, I guess Mark already knows his take. Josh, where are you calling from? Uh, upstate New York, St. Lawrence University in Canton. Upstate, uh, well, I really appreciate the very descriptive things. Upstate New York. Uh, I've been to upstate New York. I went to, um, what's like the really, uh, Ithaca, what's, what college is in Ithaca? Cornell. Ithaca. Well, I know Ithaca College is there, but Cornell is also there. I went to yeah. Cornell to hang out with a friend a long time ago. Upstate New York is really nice. Yeah. Okay, you don't want to talk about Upstate New York. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I wanted to talk about how I think the NA three seed and the European three seed could one or both be knocked out in the play-in stage. Okay, both are vulnerable. Do you want to expand on this? Uh, I was thinking that I'll start with Clutch because I think Clutch having a like younger roster with players who have never been to like worlds could affect their performance as well as the fact that they are great in best of fives, but we haven't, they were never really great in best of ones during the regular season. So, and in the play-ins, if you drop like one or two best of ones, you could end up playing like the Korean team or the European team, which means you're pretty much going to be knocking one of the two out. And then for splice, I just think their style doesn't match up well with many of the wildcard teams since they're very calculated, whereas many wildcard teams are very sporadic. Okay. Mark is going to wear the sign because, Mark, did you figure it out? Nope, but you know what? Okay. I, I probably like... shouldn't be yelling fucking moron when I don't know what I'm talking about, yeah. regardless of if I uh, figured it out or not. Okay. So I'm just going to. Great. Well, I'm glad we can just have. A capital F word situation going on in my show. Uh, okay, so first off, Josh, first question I'm going to ask you is you say that you worry that Splice doesn't match up very well stylistically with some of the other um, with some of the other wildcard teams, but I'm, I just want to ask, you know, just for the sake of discussion, how much do you know about the styles of the wildcard teams? Uh, well, I have actually been following, looking at, like, I've always liked the Vietnamese teams just because I thought the Gigabyte Marines was very cool when they made it that year. And also I've been watching Unicorns of Love who are now in the TCL, I think, or CIS. I think it was one of those two. I can't remember. Yeah, so that's, I was, I'm happy you brought that up. That was going to be my second point. I love the idea, by the way, that Splice gets knocked out, knocked out by Unicorns of Love. That would be hilarious. So I kind of yeah. hope that happens now. I mean, nothing against Splice. I'm sorry, but Splice. But I do think that that would be amazing. It's, by the way, the LCL. Okay, there. I don't know the names of all the regions. Sure. That's fine. But you do know them stylistically. Yeah. I I just like watching them. And I find that a lot of the regions from there are a little less calculated as Splice and are a little bit more quick in their games, I would say. Whereas Splice is very, like, we want to get to late game. And when they played, not saying any of the wildcard teams are like G2 or 
fanatic, but when they played against these teams that are trying to do a lot in the early game, they did falter. Mark? Um, I mean, so a lot of this has been centered around Splice. Got to admit, haven't watched a ton of them. Uh, so I can't speak to, to Splice necessarily. Um, on the clutch gaming side, if we're talking about play styles and stuff, I actually uh, initially was kind of worried about theirs being a little risky maybe for playing stage, but I actually like it a lot the more that I've watched it over the course of all the you know, the 24 games or whatever they played over the last three weeks. Um, they have a very set play style. They'll force the same thing, and they'll force you to do something about it every single game. And I like having such a clear play style in the playing stage that they'll have they'll force other teams to react to. And um, what's good about that is even though it's telegraphed and they can study it and they can see it coming a mile away, you still need to stop it, which is something that a lot of North American teams struggle with, as well as the fact that they will have had time to hopefully uh, master some new styles and stuff like that, uh, maybe learn an extra play or two, get some extra champion pools in there. So uh, I would hope that for Clutch that they'll be okay given that. Um, you know, if they if they really can't find any new champions and some of the ones that they're using right now are not as effective by the time World Patch rolls around, then they, they could be in trouble. But I have faith in them and uh, their coaching staff, given the turnaround they pulled in the LCS already. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've talked, we talked a little bit about this clutch stuff last week. I am more confident in their ability to get out, but I am like North American blindly ignorant confident in that I don't know anything about the wildcard team. So my ability sure. to speak to them is, is rough. And I think that's actually part of the concern I would have for clutch is that unlike the past where you have like a really seasoned, I mean, obviously there are players on clutch that have been around for a while and have been to worlds before, but I do, I do worry that you never really know what you're going to get in plans. And, uh, like a team like clutch, unlike a team like cloud nine, who's historically been there might be more susceptible to some issues. So. Hmm. Uh, Josh, do you have any thoughts uh, or anything you want to say as we move on to the next caller? Yeah, I was just saying a lot of people are ask, are commenting about how like they're saying how all the players have a lot of experience. And my point about the clutch players being inexperienced is like Del Monte and Vulcan both haven't ever been to Worlds. And like Cooney, last time he was at Worlds, what, he was in, even in NA. He was on the Korean team before he had... He was on, with SKT on, before. He... Yeah, I think I was about to correct you. You're like, he's yeah, on sorry. the Korean team. It's like, yes, he was on SKT in the finals. I don't know if you could. Yeah, I know. I wasn't going to say he doesn't have experience at Worlds. I was saying that like he's like the pivotal person for, I think, to step up. Because I don't think, I don't know all the way back with Lyra's experience. But I don't think he's had like some super amazing experience at Worlds. Yeah. And then Cody's son's. Like in theory, went to Worlds last year, but his one true experience at Worlds is the Immortals roster, where a lot of people kind of meme about his mess ups at Worlds. Right. So I think they both have a lot to prove, and the only one who really needs to step up, I think, is Huni if he can help carry this team through that group. Yeah. I think um, the the experience concern though is one that pretty much usually falls flat to me. I think. Um... It can matter in some situations in the sense that they're untested, but I don't think 
you know, it's that big of a concern. Licorice and Zazel were fine last last year in play-ins. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to just assume a player who hasn't had much, who hasn't had international experience yet is suddenly going to do worse. Hey, Josh, thanks so much for calling in. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Have a good one. So, Mark, two things. One, I realized that I had forgotten to retweet your tweet that you normally make. Oh, I don't think I made one. Right. Secondly, uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about... Or we'll, we're going to take our first ad break for the evening while Mark makes his tweet. That ad break is to talk to you about Alienware. Wait, can you... I'm going to hold this up. Okay, no, I don't, no, know no, don't hold it. Can we leave that down during the ad break? I know you don't... I don't want you want it for the ad break. I need the picture. Okay. We're all waiting here. Well, just so right, if you're listening to the podcast version of which there is one, by the way. Oh, Mark, yeah. Mark has a sign that he's created that just says fucking moron. And there's an, an arrow pointing to himself. And so he's been wearing that for much of the show. Apparently, I didn't actually uh, uh, press print screen correctly. So we'll just have to do this again. You know, El, El Greco yeah. 17 in the Twitch chat says, why does this show have so many ads? I'm glad you asked before we talk. We do our first ad. So, doing shows like this, I like I like to be able to pay Mark, and I like to be able to pay myself, and I like to be able to fund other content that maybe doesn't make money. And so we run ads on this show. And what is interesting is the ads that we run are less, uh, are shorter than most podcast ads, which sometimes run as long as like two plus minutes. Ours tend to be much shorter. And normally there are three ads on a podcast. Every now and then we might have three, but most of the time it's two or less. So that is why we have so many ads and I really appreciate uh, our sponsors for making this whole thing happen. And I really, really appreciate it more than anything else. I know that's one person on Twitch chat. I just want to say our, my audience, our audience for the show, but my audience more broadly on YouTube and other places, they do an amazing job. You all do an amazing job. Maybe not all of you, almost all of you do an amazing job of supporting my sponsors, which I really appreciate. Uh, somebody tweeted at me earlier today and was just like, look, I bought this new pair of movement uh, glasses or uh, other people have said like, Hey, I, I, they tweet at Alienware and say, thanks so much for sponsoring. And I got, you know, I bought this laptop and that stuff significantly is really, really helpful. So I just want to say thank you to people. Now that that person has caused me to talk about ads, we're going to do an ad and that ad is for Alienware. So let me reach behind myself. So Mark was supposed to be using one of these headsets. I have to make sure I don't show my address. Um, Mark was supposed to be using one of these headsets. Here's one. Um, but then he came over and then forgot the one that I gave him. Um, which is unfortunate because I have four of them. I'm going to show you three of them right now because the other one is in my car because I thought I might be able to drop it off at Mark's place today, but then I ran out of time. But these are the new uh, the new Lunar Light uh, 510H uh, 7.1 gaming headset. So now, So they have the headset still that Mark is wearing which is a wireless one, but they now make uh, multiple, uh, they now make multiple headsets uh, that are available uh, for you at different price points, uh, including this one, which is 7.1 and uh, is wired as opposed to the wireless one that Mark has. Um, and then there's another one behind me, which is the 310H uh, that is also available. And that's at a bit of a lower price point. Uh, but anyway, they've released this stuff and they also have uh, amazing notebooks like this one, which still uh, tapping on it because I only got it recently. Uh, but this is the new 
Alienware M15. Uh, you can check this out. Uh, one of the things that I really like, by the way, is they started doing this lunar light uh, look for a lot of their stuff. They've got this legend design that's across so many of their products right now. Uh, but I really like this like this cool looking white um, product as well. So they've got that, and they've got Dark Side of the Moon, which is the two looks. You can mix and match them if they want, if you want. But they've got that, and their new uh, the new Auroras that are available. Uh, obviously, this was the, in the Area 51M before as well. Uh, their peripherals are all new. So anyway, do me a favor. Just check this stuff out over at Dell.com slash Travis. Actually, Alienware.com slash Travis works as well. Alienware.com slash Travis. And use Travis 10 off to save 10% off on your purchase of their stuff. They, they listen, guys. Worlds, let's just put it this way. Worlds is going to cost me a tremendous amount. Um, I don't know how much yet, but MSI last year, I remember talking about this publicly at the time because I didn't have a sponsor for MSI. MSI in Europe, which was two weeks long, cost me 15 grand. So you can think about, and, and hopefully, you know, flights will be cheaper or something like that, but it is incredibly expensive to cover this stuff. If I cover all of Worlds, it's going to be five weeks long. I could not do that without Alienware. So please, if you like the content that I make, give them a shout out. Go check out their website. Thanks so much to Alienware. You want to grab the next caller? Is it safe? Yeah. By the way, that people are saying eat McDonald's or eat less. That was not in co counting food. At the time, flights were three grand uh, a pop. Because I think there's like a European holiday or something during that time. Combine your trip with a diet. Yeah. And don't eat at all. Boom. Yeah. Mark is uh, grabbing the next caller right now. Oh, Pyrogenics sent 500 bits. Thank you. I just got the new Alienware laptop M15 because of uh, that, and they were running their Save 17 promotion. Thanks for that. Just got the, oh yeah, Lunar Light version. Thank you, Lucas Carmago 79 Feel free to tweet at Alienware and let them know you did that since you didn't use my uh, code. It's completely fine. If you find a different code, go feel free to use that, but it's super nice whenever you guys let them know. Um, yeah. I didn't know the show started because Mark just now tweeted. I'm sorry, King Mixon. Mark is... As you can see, we got over a sign. thousand without me saying anything. Look, okay? look at look at the sign, King. That'll answer answer everything you need to know. Uh, all right, Casey Clark is here. Casey, you've been on the show before, I think, right? I have, I think, twice. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Remind me where you're calling from. Uh, American University in Washington D.C. That's right. That's right. Washington D.C. We have a couple <laughs> Washington D.C. callers, I think. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I want to talk about development developmental leagues specifically in uh, Europe and Korea okay. and compare that to NA's scene. Do you want to explain what those are for the people watching from North America that don't understand? Yeah, sure. So Europe has a bunch of developmental leagues in um, all, their, all their different countries. So, for example, there's the French League, the Spanish League. Uh, Poland have one. Um, but, and then they come together in EU Masters, which is just a great system for developing new talent and um, and getting player stage experience. And then there's also the CK in Korea, which uh, puts out talent. Korean teams are always transitioning into new ro uh, rosters. Um, SKT's support effort replaced Mata, which coming into this year, you would not have imagined it all right. And in NA, we just have... 10 teams, which the organizations may may not put effort into developing. Talking about Academy League. Feel at each other, yeah. 
And in the next five, 10 years, as a new generation of players um, comes up, NA is just going to fall behind because we can't produce the amount of talent that other leagues can. So you worry that we're going to fall behind because we can't get, uh, because our path to pro system is not as robust, for instance, as Europe's. Yeah, exactly. I mean, EU Masters is a full-scale international tournament where developing players get to play on stage at basically the equivalent of a um, international tournament for developmental leagues. You know how and, big and those... Because yeah. uh, I actually don't know very much about those finals. What do those look like? So it's the, the different teams, the best in their regions, go and... Um, Play, I think it's the ESL tournament, um, and uh, basically crown the best uh, developmental team in Europe. So it's the it's the second division down, but it's like an MSI for Europe. It'd almost be like if Academy. Actually, I don't know, but it is it's it's a it's got a bigger weight to it than what Academy has for sure. Yeah, exactly, and. If you think about results, um, I think of players like Finn on Rogue, um, who just had an amazing um, uh, best of five versus Splice in the playoffs, smashed them. Um, like I said, effort in Korea. And our best NA talents are like DeMonte, who's a great oh. mid laner in his own right. How dare He's you? He's a world caliber mid laner. Yeah, world caliber mid laner, but he smashed the Zatrachi in the playoffs. That's actually not fair. Demonte did pretty well handling Gerigson. Yeah, he's great. Defined uh, against Poe, who did well at Worlds before. Well, okay. Here, here's a different way to think about it, though. Uh, Damwon Gaming and Griffin are all comprised of players who two years ago were not in the professional scene. And that's that's kind of what I think of as I imagine what the next five years will be for NA. Yeah. Um. So I agree with this, and it is concerning to me. It is concerning to me that North America's only solution to being able to grow talent, and by the way, I don't mean grow, but to obtain new talent or refresh their rosters, is usually by importing. Um, and you have a lot of players that have just sort of stuck around for a long time not always necessarily because they're well, certainly because they're the best in the region, but they maybe aren't like I, LPL is this way too, by the way. Um, LPL has like, they cycle players like crazy. Uzi's one of the few that has been around for a long time. And that's because they just have obviously so much talent, but also like a, a broader league. And so I do worry that Academy is perhaps not as strong of a development system as uh, the other regions have, which might further perpetuate the issues that we have as a region, given our smaller player base, etc. Mark, you've slumped in your chair and pulled up something on your computer or monitor, so I'm very curious what your take. Don't is. don't judge the light levels on my face. Uh, I was looking up um, a couple of Chinese players because, to be fair, I mean, like a lot of their top teams are imported. Um, or like have imports on them, uh, you know, rookie and the shy Doinby, you know, a lot of these guys are, are import players, but 
um, overall, I mean, the point still stands. I, I don't disagree with the, it at all. Um, I largely agree. I think, you know, I don't know how concerned I necessarily am. I wish we had more <laughs> uh, talent that was showing up naturally. And I, I just don't know how much I agree that the system itself is significantly lacking compared to other regions like, you know, the Chinese uh amateur leagues or whatever you want to call them the ones underneath the main lpl league uh and the master series in europe and stuff like that we have academy we have collegiate we have scouting grounds we have a number of of, of mechanisms to discover talent uh it's just that like we i don't think that there's like this superstar that shot up the ladder that like somehow north american teams have just fucking missed you know um and Maybe there's some that would have developed faster uh, in other systems that exist in these other leagues, but it does also just feel like um, more of an inherent problem to North America for other reasons than beyond the systems, whether you want to blame it on sure, population yeah, and size. I don't think it's or... entirely the system, right? But I do worry. Right. I mean, it is. Do you do you disagree with the idea that the European system uh, for their development stuff is is not more robust than Academy? It is more robust, but I'd be curious at how it would look in North America. Right. Um, and I'm not saying we need that system, right? I'm not saying we need like the Ohio, whatever. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not looking for, I mean, like you'd have a Florida, Florida seems to have a lot of players. Toronto has a lot of players. Obviously West coast has a, a fair amount of players, but I'm like, I can't imagine like, after that, I'm like, where are the major hubs for players in, in North America? Where, where is this? I don't know. I'm relatively in tune with the scene, I think. And, and I'm, I, I would think you'd have a, a tough time to make like, yeah, Vancouver as well, whatever West coast. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would have a hard time being like, yes, we have put together five master plus ca caliber players from a single region together who are all at the right age and point in their lives. So they are capable of committing to being a pro player. Right. Um, you know, I just, I just struggle to see that in North America. And I guess that's, you know, to the point about whether or not system falls or not. Yeah. What would you like to see differently, Casey? Uh, I mean, that, that's the million dollar question, right? Yeah. I, I would like to see NA players who don't suck, but how do you make that happen? Um, and, and, I, and I think you're right that having a Florida and a Toronto and a West Coast League does isn't what increases the talent. But... um. I mean, I guess, I guess you could say uh, more Riot support for a Tier 3 system, um, similar to Overwatch, um, within, within North America. Because I, I, I do think the problem is that players who have a spark in them just quit the game and stop and don't do the two, three-year development that they need to really become at the professional level, right? Whereas in Europe, it's entirely reasonable for a player like Finn or Larson to go up the academy system and then be ready to play in the LEC. Well, I don't know the answer to this, but it would be curious to, interesting to know how many people leave the like academy league or whatever. Yeah, I'd have to. I'm not familiar enough with the other leagues as well to compare like turnover rate or veteran levels in those experience in in those leagues as well. Because I know in North America, you know people. I, I often jump to population size, but there are, are, are other factors. 
ping and where it's located in North America, um, general culture of North America and solo queue compared to these other regions. You know, a lot of people who have played in multiple regions are on record about high ELO being, even if it has as many ragers and stuff like that, and they FF and they, they run it down to get out of games, it does feel more competitive, they always say. So, you know, it's it's a one of those old, has a lot of different aspects to it, problems, where it's right. not just like, eh, we just got to copy the LPL system. Right. Hey, Casey, thanks so much for calling in. Anything you want to say as we uh, move on to the next caller? Uh, yeah, I just want to clarify something I said when I brought up DeMonte. It, it was not a dig on DeMonte at all. He's, he's an amazing mid laner for NA. It wasn't a dig the is that we need on DeMonte? 10 DeMontes, or 15 DeMontes, and that's just not happening. Dignitas. Like, the next level, the, ne- the next tier below DeMonte is Fake God, and is Fake God's future. Dignitas it was DeMonte. the point I was trying to make. Here's what um, we're going to say. DeMonte, you're not good enough. Now go prove us wrong at Worlds, please. Yeah. Exactly, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Thanks so much, Casey. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you to Alienware and Movement. And uh, let's go on A. Yep. Thanks so much. Have a good one. That's a man calling from the capital of our nation. Mark, you want to grab the next caller? Uh, if I can. I can't join the waiting room. Can you hear me? Yeah. What is going I can join the waiting room. Okay, there he goes. We must be having some internet issues. Raleigh Yukon, thank you for 13 months. Operative Zero, tier one. LOL Kibbo, Pyrogenics with 500 bits. One McDonald's meal is on me, thank you. Uh, H-Rate, thank you for the Prime. And Toxfire, thank you for the six months of resub. By the way, some of you might be subs and you don't know it because you got gifted subs because Kelby gifted like 50 the other day and a bunch of people have been. You can resub for $3.50 right now. LaSchmoltz. Hello. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida. Our second Miami caller for the evening. Uh, What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I want to address the topic of giving players equity or orgs giving players equity. I think that Riot should allow it for all franchised orgs, and I don't think there should be any discussion on why they shouldn't be allowed to get equity, even if there's the possibility that they move to another org in the future. So we can't have a discussion about this because you said we're not allowed to have any discussion about why they shouldn't well, be able to get it. You just said my bad. Should... That was some bad wording. That was some bad wording. But like, I think it should, and there shouldn't be any discussion in opposition to my opinion. That well, is okay. my take. It's, it's I want to like... know. I want to know because this topic has been like kind of brought up like here and there, like in especially in the past year. Yes, but I know like what the opposing argument is towards why orgs should not be allowed to give players equity. Sure. Okay, so for those that don't don't know, because maybe they've missed it in the past, because it's been rumored that Bjergsen might be able to end up having equity in TSM, or that could be a component of his sticking around or whatever. But uh, the general discussion is... So in the past... Um, I'll just put it this way. There's been discussion about it's it's not generally considered a thing where players have any kind of part ownership in the team. A lot of this was born out of a time when t- the players owned the team. And there was a concern, I think, within LCS. I don't know the exact specifics. This was like back in 2013 of like they, they didn't want, you know, back in 2012, 2011, all the players just owned their own teams. 
You ended up in really weird situations where the owner was on the team and uh, they had full ownership of it. And it, you just, and Riot didn't want to be interacting with like an 18 year old who had somehow qualified in. They wanted to be working with like a Jack Etienne or something. So anyway, uh, ownership was handled very differently. Um, I think to this day, unless they've changed r rules or something, it is technically not allowed that you can be both an owner uh, and a player on the team. Um, and so now here we are where teams have become worth a lot. And if you are a player that's been competing on a team for a long time, like Bjergsen, maybe there's a discussion to be had around whether or not you can have a piece of the pie or something, right? And that, that might keep you around. There's arguments to be made for it, right? You end up with, a, instead of having a player hop around a ton to the highest bidder, you probably increase your chances of having a franchise player. And so, you know, imagine a world where Doublelift had never left CLG, you know, maybe that's great. And CLG maintains their fandom a lot more because they've got this star player. It happens in traditional sports a lot. But you're suggesting that it should be allowed to happen and there shouldn't be any downsides. And you even aren't concerned. You you don't even see a world where it's an issue where if a player is, let's say, um, they're a part owner in Clutch or Dig now, and then they go to TL, you think they should be able to keep the equity or the ownership in their original team? Yep, I believe that is the case. Okay, so why? So... Well, there's like a couple of main points that I have. The first one is that these players are employees of the orgs. Like when they are contracted, they're working for the org. And even though it's not the same thing, it's like say some random guy is an employee at a really big corporation like Apple, it's really not uncommon for Apple to give employees like public shares as like benefits or as uh, bonuses, whatever you want to call it. So even though there's these obviously aren't public, corporations it would still i feel like it's still a big incentive i'm not saying make someone like majority shareholder like i'm not saying give anyone more than like 51 percent equity in an org but like let's stick with like bjergsen as an example he has it's pretty much you can't even argue that bjergsen has really been there to build the brand of tsm like if there was no Bjergsen, you really can't tell if there was going to be, if TSM would reach like the heights of popularity and success that they've had. So I think like to contribute to that, it's almost like more important that they give him equity, even if he is to leave, because now he's leaving a brand that he helped build up. So it doesn't, it doesn't really seem fair to me that Bjergsen builds his brand up, does everything in his power as a player, as an individual to make it as successful and popular as it is. And then has to leave because the org itself is not doing what he wants it to do. So if he does end up I mean, leaving, in this case, by the way, th that what you're saying, he doesn't have to leave. Like, unless TSM kick him, he never has to leave. Um, right. It sounds like what you're saying is like, unless they, because they're not doing what he wants them to do, in this case, it would be increasing his compensation at a point to a point where he'd be happy with it. Right. So like, say he wants to leave, he's not happy with the way things are going. If he gets, he should be able to negotiate for like a two to three percent equity in TSM because he like he built that brand up and he put in so much effort into it. And then when he leaves, he still gets royalties from the work that he put in. Or if he was to stay, maybe he negotiates for like seven to ten percent. Well, there's no world in which TSM. I cannot imagine a world in which TSM gives him equity as he's leaving their team. That would be really hard, but I feel like it would be possible because. 
they just owe so much to Bjergsen at this point. I feel like that would be really fair. But another what if uh, what if they told you that they feel Bjergsen owes so much to them? That's another point that you could easily bring up. And in that case, maybe they use um, maybe they use equity as like a negotiating point, negotiating point, like how a lot of people have been saying, like, oh, if you want to keep Bjergsen on the team, give him part of the company, he'll stay. Yeah. Either way, I disagree with the idea that uh, Bjergsen, like, Bjergsen owes them so much. I think Bjergsen did more for TSM than TSM did for him. But that's my take, at least. Um, but I think an owner sitting across the table from an agent would say, are we made him a superstar and that's going to allow him to go negotiate this crazy big contract someplace else. If he's leaving us, I'm not giving him any piece of this company. Yeah. And I think that's something that's going to be mostly kept at like the negotiating table. It depends on the perspective of the owner. Like, okay, Bjergsen did more than maybe even the public knows to help build up TSM. Or maybe he didn't really do anything and he was just like a standout player that would, was just a rock in the mid lane and he really didn't do much to contribute to the company overall. In which case they would probably say, yeah, no, we're not giving you anything. Like, If you want to leave, you can leave. We're not giving you any compensation for not sure. doing as much. I feel like Reggie as an owner especially would be able to recognize if Bjergsen made like an over overwhelming contribution to the growing of the brand. So the uh, question or the the you but you think he should be able to own equity in TSM if he even if he's no longer at TSM. Yeah, because the brand's not going anywhere. And the only reason I say this would all work is because the LCS is franchised. Like I don't think this would work for like Faker's case on SKT, which is another point that people keep bringing up. Like if Faker wants to leave SKT, then SKT should offer him equity. I don't think that would work yet because the LCK is not franchised yet. So, so let me if, oh, go ahead. Sorry. So like if SKT was to continue like lose Faker and then just bomb out, there's like the equity really would have no value since SKT is also extremely. They have other branches and other esports, but their overwhelming focus is in league. So let me pose this question to you, uh, mm -hmm. a scenario. It is Worlds 2020. Bjergsen has left TSM, but has 5% of the company because, I mean, that's insane, right? But like Reggie yeah. was really generous and gave him 5%, or maybe this is, you know, in a different world where he's allowed to have equity. Bjergsen mm -hmm. is now on 100T. Um, and TSM is negotiating behind the scenes a sell to... Steve Ballmer, former Microsoft uh, CEO and current, yeah. I think he was the, the Clippers, right? And so let's say Steve Ballmer's thinking about buying TSM outright. And if TSM makes it to Worlds, that's going to make Steve Ballmer be far more interested. Bjergsen stands to make millions of dollars in this scenario. 100T is playing TSM in the final match of the gauntlet. Oh, okay. Bjergsen is now incentivized to not win because he is facing a team that he owns. Yeah, like you when we, when we talk about equity, we're literally talking about team ownership, right? And so there's a world here where now Bjergsen is competing against a team that he owns. Uh, that is that is a, a really huge conflict of interest. So that is one of the major problems with an equity thing and maybe one of the major advantages, depending on how you look at it, is that... A play, if a player has equity in a team, he is heavily incentivized to stay with that team because there's just no world in which any commissioner in their right minds would allow you to own a team and compete against it. I actually yeah. have 
an argument. Oh, sorry, you haven't said anything. No, you, you go ahead. I had an argument ready for this, but I actually just one. Um, Bjerk's the player. Now, this is like really, um, really like a judgment of Bjergsen's character. But if Bjerg has 5%, which is like obviously way more than he would be given, but let's just say he has 5% of TSM and he still decided to leave TSM, it had to have been for like a really good reason. Like he really wanted out of the org and he felt really like held back by the org. So I think when the push comes to shove, 100 D versus TSM, he wants to beat TSM even more in that case. Because he wants to prove like that he made the right decision. Even though he has equity in the brand he made, he wants to show that he's like moved past and moved. Yeah, but you, you can't set up rule systems to assume good actors. You have to assume bad actors. True. Because if you set up a rule system where everyone behaves like angels, regardless of if it's exploitable or not, then you didn't actually create a good rule system. You're just artificially believing that people are good people. You have to set up your rule systems, assuming everyone's a piece of shit, and you need to make sure it's bulletproof. That is very hard to do when someone can be on one team and own another team. In fact, I'd say it's outright impossible. So that's just never going to happen. Secondly, the way vet, like the way people get ownership for work that they do in a lot of startups and stuff like that is it's investment, it's a vesting period. And so like you would need to sign a deal such that in order for your Bjergsen to get this X percentage, he would, he would need to probably play for them for four years, which is a typical vesting period. And the amount that you get of the company over time increases uh, kind of exponentially as you get closer towards the end of your vesting period. This would mean that pretty much every superstar in the league would get locked down to a certain team because as soon as one of these deals goes through, everyone's going to start demanding that, um, probably. And now maybe not all of them get it, maybe they get shittier deals. But that basically locks down all your superstars in the league to, the, to whichever team they end up signing to for a significant portion of time, which in my mind is not healthier for the league in any way. I don't know why having your best players locked up and unable to move around and generate hype through new teams and stuff like that is any good. Afro and Doublelift stay on CLG. Bjergsen stays on TSM. Fucking Jensen stays on C9. Sneaky stays on C9. None of these people ever move around. So, like, you you know, we're in the same league we were in 2013 with a couple new faces, which is not compelling to me uh, as a viewer. So I, I don't think there's very much benefit for anyone but Bjergsen or the players in an instance where they can get uh, equity. I think the other thing that is difficult here that nobody's really, or we haven't really talked about yet is what does having equity in a team mean? And you, some of these players have agents, not all of them have agents. In When I worked at Yahoo, for instance, part of my compensation package involved getting uh, equity or like share Yahoo shares. And so I could at any given point in time, go look pretty much at like the publicly listed share, um, trade, whatever price on, and have an idea of how much money I had in this company or how much money my stuff was worth with these like startups, you have no real idea. And there's also these different kind of classes of equity where it's like, okay, well I have this lawyer. So the situation is really complicated. And I feel like if you talk to most people at startups, who have equity, they would have no idea what that equity is worth and what, what under what terms they're paid out versus somebody else. So it's, it's wildly complicated. And I think again, ideally every pro player has an agent who is like super well versed in understanding all the specifics about this and can give them an idea of it. But like, that's not really the case. And quite frankly, I doubt that most of the agents that exist in our industry right now would be able to get to have any idea. 
Plus, not to mention the agent is not incentivized because they can't take a cut of the equity. Well, they, they potentially could structure it some way, but they would need to avoid the Facebook situation where they all get watered down somehow. Yes, uh, that happens. MLG, supposedly when MLG sold to Blizzard, a lot of people who had equity in Blizzard, or sorry, in MLG got hosed. It's like super complicated. So in my opinion, I do not like the idea of pro players being able to get, obtain equity in teams. Now, I don't know if that's going to stand or if that's going to continue or if that'll work out because I think the pro players like the idea. I think the teams like the idea. So really you've got Riot as like a final um, final barrier to that. And I, I don't know if they'll fold if all the teams and players want them to, but I I think this is like way too messy um, for it to, to exist. You still got those uh, Yahoo shares, Travis? Uh, they became uh, Ali, uh, not Alibaba. Uh, they became uh, Yahoo beca got purchased, put into this holdings company, and it's super complicated. But yes, I still have them because I haven't sold them. Yeah, and I'm not talking about equity as in like decision making type shares. Like I'm talking more of like the private shares type of thing, like similar to what you got from Yahoo. Like no, Yahoo is a publicly traded company. They weren't private. Right, right, right. Well, obviously, but these orgs are not like they're not traded publicly. Right. So I, I was more so referring to like offering like private shares, like the most ownership that someone would have, like a player would have in an org is like 0.1%. At you least, know, by the way, at least one of owner. these orgs are owned by a publicly traded company. Madison Square Garden Company owns CLG and they are a publicly traded company, um, for instance. And so uh, Plus, it gets a lot of complicated there. A lot of private, depending on the size of the company, the shareholders agreement might not differentiate significantly between you know what kind of powers come with your shares and so they could end up with voting voting rights in a lot of situations yeah. um i mean it depends how they're structured because a lot of the times they don't I'm, i don't know i don't want to get into it by the way my financial advisor is in chat right now <laughs> thankfully and he just <laughs> clarified that it's altaba stock that's right i forgot yahoo when it sold to verizon the equity became altaba stock which is like a holding company that holds holds some Alibaba stock. So thank thank God to my financial advisor for being in the chat so we could clarify that. What a great world I live in. Uh, Le Schmaltz, thank you so much for calling in. Anything you want to say as we move on to the next caller? Uh, no, not really. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. You too. All right, we're going to do a quick break and then we're going to power through some calls because we've got five more to go. All right, again, I have to do a break, Mark. We can't... <laughs> Second sponsor of the night is Movement. Thank you so much to Movement for sponsoring Hotline League uh, and for sponsoring so much of the things that we do. I'm wearing a Movement watch right now. If you've watched my LCS interviews uh, during the split, the summer split, um, especially towards the end of it, you can check, you can see the, the glasses that I'm wearing and that movement, mvmt.com. Go check out mvmt.com slash Travis. If you go there right now, it's a big help to me. People see over there that you're checking out my link. It supports me and Mark as we do the show, uh, but they sell a ton of cool stuff. They make watches, they make sunglasses, they make um, glasses uh, for your, uh, I, they're called the Everscroll. Mm -hmm. They're for looking at computer screens. If uh, Obviously a lot of you probably look at them for a long time. Uh, blue light filters on those. They've started making some jewelry based out of LA. Love the fact that I'm partnering with a uh, company based out of Los Angeles, but uh, fantastic uh, stuff over there. I highly recommend it. I think they actually just dropped a new line. If I go look at their uh, main page right now, again, that's mvmt.com slash Travis. Yeah, they just dropped their Element Q 
Chrono Collection, uh, which you can check out as well. Uh, pretty cool stuff on their their main page. Anyway, if you go check them out, you get 15% off using that mvmt.com slash Travis link, which is in the description of the YouTube video. And uh, if you're watching there, I'll put it in the chat right now as well so that people who are watching online or in the, um, sorry, in the Twitch chat can check it out. But clicking that link actually helps me out a ton. In fact, so much so that I'm just going to spam it. We lost Mark's webcam. He's going, Mark? Hello. Hi. Your webcam went crazy. Uh, I'm confused. Why? Figure it out. Okay. MVMT.com slash Travis for 15% off. Check out their watches. Check out their glasses. Check out all their cool stuff on their site. And we thank them so much for sponsoring Hotline League and so many more of the things that I do as well. Mark's webcam I, is just gone. It's turned into... I don't, I don't know what happened, dude. Did you maybe turn it off and back on again? No, I think it's the cord. <laughs> I was uh, readjusting to refocus on myself after showing my kitty cat off. And uh, I don't know what's going on. I think troubleshoot it after we get our next caller in, or while we get the next caller in. Yeah, sure. Oh wait, oh, hi, back. I'm back. Okay, great. You're right. The good old power cycle did it. Yeah. I got to keep this thing around more often. It's so handy. It's yeah. so. Bring applicable. it on the analyst desk. I'll make a different version. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go, <laughs> go get our next caller, please. Please get the next caller. Um couple quick shout outs by the way actually just one shout out in the last half hour only one of you has subbed and that's real aquarius thank you real aquarius i love all your content i can't wait for the world's interviews and thank you for the boba suggestion boba place is really good flimflam is here flimflam where are you calling from uh west palm beach florida another florida caller another florida caller. are you close to miami uh well about an hour away yeah okay close enough what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? <laughs> hey, uh, well, I've been following CLG CL season one, and uh, I've been through all the ups and downs. Yeah, but hey, we've we got a couple titles. But anyway, um, I wanted to talk about what you th how you think their current roster did this split, and how you think they got the moderate success that they got this split compared to like how did it end up out. happening? Are you are you suggesting like, or is the question like, how did they manage to do this, or you know, is this not a good roster? Uh, that was going to be kind of my follow-up question. Yeah. I think it's more of a, a year-in-review type thing for CLG, right? Since uh, they're dead now? Correct. I mean, they're dead for this They're dead year. for this year. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. dead like Optic is dead. There are some dead teams. <laughs> That's true. In that context, uh, they're, they're alive. Uh, I would say I was... Oh, I don't know. It's kind of hard to put a finger on it. It's like I wasn't mad or like they did bad. And I don't feel like they necessarily underachieved, but it's hard to feel happy. You know, I think this is what depression is, right? You just don't feel anything, not happy or sad. <laughs> yeah, it's just like they've been, I don't know, non-existent for three splits, but they finally like, Put strung some wins together, ended up getting third, you know, at Detroit. 
Right, but then it didn't get him to Worlds, so you're kind of like, eh. Yeah. Eh, it, I'm, I'm definitely... It's tough. I think they, the, the roster needs some more tweaks, but it's it's hard to figure out what they are. Like, I liked Wiggly's summer. Um, Rune was just getting started. I wasn't that impressed by him, but, you know, I wouldn't want to cut him after a single split. Biofrost yeah, and 6A seem pretty good. Uh, POE is maybe the most up in the air on for me, where I generally like him. Um, but I think this... I, I like him more as a second fiddle on a team with, like, a superstar. And this team doesn't have a superstar. And while yeah. he fits in well with the team, and that helps them be good, I don't think that they'll ever be... A, like, this roster will ever reach Worlds in competitive seasons. Maybe in a season where the third-place team absolutely shits a brick. But otherwise, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you look back at, like, their MSI success, I mean, they didn't really have a superstar outside of Aphromoo. Yeah, and that's... Dixie looked like a god that split though. Exactly. Oh, sorry, that event. He's never looked like that since. Yeah, that was like flash in the pan. Everything lined up well. Afro was in peak. Yeah, Afro was in peak form, and all this stuff happened. And like, you can look at that and be like, we can get back there, but it's it's much harder to do and much harder to game plan around than like uh, just being pessimistic about it uh, and being like, we need we need more help somewhere. Yeah, I would say what Mark said a moment ago uh, really touches on it for me, which is just like he kind of Mark, you kind of went through the line, and you're like, "Well, Stixie and Biofrost look good, and Weekly had like it's yeah. just it's hard to be really objectively excited about any of the players on that lineup right now. There's not anybody where it's just like, "Oh, this person is like," and I think that doesn't really cut it anymore in the LCS. Like, I do think teams have gotten a lot better. You've seen a lot of strength consolidated and Team Liquid Cloud9 has figured out this ability to just magically build rosters out of sawdust. And then the third team is always got some crazy cool story about them. Um, and so, uh, except for when 100 Thieves makes it randomly in. but They were the second team. But I know, that's sorry, that's right. I just meant they should have been the third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should have yeah. been the fourth, but... Um, you, you always end up in, I, I, I just, I don't feel like they have the ability with this lineup to really make it through because it just feels like there's not a spot for them, um, in the so, way that teams qual end up qualifying for worlds and the rosters that those teams tend to have. Yeah. And that kind of brings me to my second question is what would, what would you think they could, they would change in their roster in the off season? Uh, if I was going to look at two things to maybe upgrade it would probably be their solo laners uh i'm not in love with 6a either to be fair like i think cody's better than him um but 6a and biofrost seem to work pretty well together uh and i like i said i like poe and rune only had one split i don't think he was great like i said i think he had a lot of problems but he at least you know played hard so to speak where he tried to make things happen and that's a team where it feels like they need some playmakers because it does feel a little limited in the early game um but i don't think i have great options to give where it's like well they should really get this guy kind of thing i just think that they're in that kind of awkward limbo state like travis was saying where you're not really excited about any of them but you're also not mad about any of them either right. either you know you're you're not like oh god this fucking idiot was running around <laughs> you know like yeah, i don't it's, feel it's like there's no it. there's no person where you're like we just need to get like 
a lot of people, nice guy, but were really upset with who he at the end of spring split. Right. And there was an opinion like this guy has Darshan, to like, the, you mean? what's that? Oh yeah. Darshan, sorry, sorry, sorry. Who he had to, at the end of last year. And then Darshan yeah. kind of became that person at the end of spring split. And mm-hmm. so um, I think in both those situations, like fans had a clear target on like a bullseye they could paint on a player and say like this is the person whether or not they were deserving of as much of the hate as they got i don't think that there is that this year so it's just kind of hard and actually i think most of the players that are on that roster people like too yeah it's like they're all likable night guys they all like have had good moments and not so great moments and it's just it's like a difficult roster to talk about going into the off season because it's like what do you do yeah, and I think it all depends on who's going to be available, too. Like, well, it's, I was going to say, it ahead. seems like a good year for that, where they're, uh, based off that list that Fion tweeted out about how many free agents there are. That. There, there should be moves to make there. Um, especially the weird since- thing is, like, okay, I'm just going to name off the NA ones, right? Afro, Huni, Lyra, POE, Stixe, Medios, Xmithy, Bjergsen, Sven. It's really but hard the, because but- looking at that lineup. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think it matters because both their soul laners are their imports. So if those are, for me, if those are the areas I'm looking to upgrade, that's actually, you know, not that hard to do because you have a solid bot lane duo and uh, jungle core. Uh, The bot lane, at the very least, doesn't seem to get exploited in most matchups. You know, their playoffs were pretty, pretty good against, I assume they would do well versus everyone except probably double if so. Uh, I think that they, they do have... You know, it's hard to find the right move to make, but it's there somewhere. I, I don't know what it is, but there is a right move. Well, this is a really scary off season to be CLG because they do not normally spend. Or like True. their budget, their their roster is. Uh, I shouldn't say that. I do think that they're paying probably middle of the pack if you go by like median or something. But like you've got hundred thieves out there hungry for talent. TSM's going to have to figure out their shit, right? Because this is their second year in a year in a row where they're not going to Worlds. Um, you know, you still have, like, other big spenders out there. They, who knows what Immortals is going to want to do. It's just a scary... I feel bad. Well, I don't feel bad. But if you are a GM going into this offseason, it's going to be brutal for you. There's just not a lot of, I don't know, opportunity out there, and you're going to have to pave through the nose to get it. Cool. Thank you. Uh, I had one other quick question, though. Since you guys are way more involved with the teams, um, what do you think of Weldon's coaching style as opposed to Zix's? I don't know much. I I mean, how do you, how, that's hard because I don't know much about their coaching styles because we're not there. Uh, This is always the problem with comparing coaches. That's true. Yeah, I would say outside looking in, I assume they're relatively opposite. I mean, uh, Weldon's not an X's nose guy, and Zix seems to be mostly an X's nose guy. So I assume they're pretty different, but um, who knows how different they are, all things considered. Mark, do you think Zix is still at TSM next year? Uh, based off how that part thing was written, I can't. I can't imagine. Like uh, it was, he wasn't mentioned. How's your head coach not mentioned in a in a giant controversy? I mean, maybe, maybe, like I said, when we talked about it, it's just an oversight by Parth because that did feel relatively stream of consciousnessy. Yeah. But 
uh, it would still be like, well, why wasn't he one of the major decision makers there? You know, you referenced a bunch of other people like the sports psychologist and manager. Seems weird not to mention the coach. I don't think, right? But I do think Weldon is at CLG next year, which yes, doesn't necessarily so say one is more valuable than the other. You know, maybe it just wasn't the right fit. But I do think that is, if you had told me, okay, hopefully Weldon's not watching. If you had asked me before the start of the season, who's more likely to stay stay on the their <laughs> who's roster? more likely to lose their jobs? <laughs> no. Who's more likely to keep their job, Mark? I, I'm a very positive person. I would have said Zix over Weldon, um, because in part because Zix is lauded uh, by so many as like a, a this coach, and Weldon on has has moved around a ton, um, and his coaching style. I've heard people say it's like, well, he's great at getting coming in there, giving everybody like the mental fortitude that need, and then he's the type of coach that then needs to go to another team to do that. So. Um, and again, we don't like it's coaching is one of the hardest things in the world to know who's good and who isn't and all that stuff from an outside perspective. But, uh, it is an interesting turn of events here at the end of this year. True. Cool. Well, hopefully they can turn around next yeah. split. Thanks guys. Thanks so much for calling Flim Flim. All right. Moving on to the next caller. Uh, we only got 15 minutes, so we yeah, uh, people in the waiting room, we're going to need to move pretty quick. Yes. All right. Uh, thank you to Leroy Versace, Hyrogenics, GMPS Mendes, and the Slatherpuss for your subs. Sub right now, September, half off. Please sub. OPTSM fan who was uh, in the chat before the show started saying, I really hope there's no TSM takes <laughs> here. Where are you calling from again? Houston, Texas. That's right. Okay. What is your take? Uh, I think that Clutch will totally make it out of the play-in stage and actually take two games off of uh, teams in the main group stage. Why? Uh, well, I don't think... Outside of like an upset from another group to where one of the pool one season play-ins has to play clutch. I don't think that they lose to anybody to where they're like a big threat to be like upset. Also, uh, I also, for the same reasoning that I think they'll do well in the play-in stage, uh, in both the main stage and the play-in play-in stage, uh, that I think they're a good best of one team. And I really like their support staff. Uh, Empire is probably one of the people I followed most uh, the past couple of years, he was on that misfit staff who played five games against uh, SKT when Ignar did the Leona back then. Uh, they just seem to always have a pretty good game plan uh, when they go up against teams and they're really good at scouting. Mark, do you want do you have an opposing opinion? Because it's hard for me because I want to say the same thing I said earlier, which was like, I think they're going to make it through plans. But is there a reason why they might not make it through plans? Um, I think the only reason they, they wouldn't make it through plans is they get a somewhat tough opponent in the best of five, um, which can happen depending on if people, uh, I don't know, flop in other groups or maybe they flop in their own group. And then, you know, that they are similarly, I, I wouldn't say they were, you know, excessively shallow champ pools in, in the gauntlet runs and stuff like that, but they definitely had like some S tier picks for them and then like no A tiers and maybe like Bs. It felt like there was, 
you know, like they could win with their Bs against good competition, but it it would be nice if the drop off between their best champs and their second best or like third or fourth best wasn't quite so significant as it felt. Um, and so maybe if they go to Worlds and they get into a similar situation, maybe they can lose a best of five. But I, I would still say that's that's pretty unlikely. Yeah, I just looking at like all the pool, the teams for playing stage. I think the only pool team, pool two team that they might be like concerned about if they get drawn in the best of five is like Royal Youth or Unicorns of Love. But even then, I still think pound for pound, clutch is better. And then looking at the teams in the actual like group stage of worlds uh ahq is probably someone that they can take a game off of um i think them versus gam would probably be just one of the most fun games to see uh not because i think they can like stomp them but i just think they would match up really good and then who knows what kind of griffin we would see at worlds so Hey, OPT Sam fan. sorry, I just because I think we talked about this before and because we're running out of time, I don't have too much time to offer you, but uh, I mean, I think your your sentiment is shared here. I do think that Clutch will make it out, and if they don't, then everybody gets to laugh at this part of the video. So, but it's good. I'm happy that we were, before Worlds, allowed, or able to get you, the Clutch Houston fanatic, on the show to declare, to decry, no, to declare your... Decree, yeah. Decree your support for clutch this has got to be amazing for you that they made it in it is pretty great uh by the way thank you for putting out there that they should probably like rebrand the dig i made a petition for it oh, yeah. um, and and then shout out to movement alienware and my uh friend boston's in the chat thanks shout out to boston's hey thanks so much the optsm fan all right three more callers to go we're gonna chain through these real quick Robotic320, thank you for the two months. Really appreciate you being a sub, I wish. The rest of these freeloaders were willing to take the 50% off. Thing and, uh, actually. Benoit is here. Benoit, where are you calling from? Uh, Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan. Were you at finals? Uh, no, my girlfriend from Sweden was in town, so. Oh. <laughs> Nice flex. Anyway, uh, what do you, <laughs> you want to talk about? On the, what do you uh, want to talk about the show tonight? How the performance at Worlds is going to be significantly better for Korea and China compared to the West, and I think this is mainly because uh, Korea and China are scrimming against each other, opposed to EU, who is scrimming against NA. And uh, they were very vocal about how their scrims versus NA teams were very, very low quality. Yeah, but it sounds like uh, NA and E were scrimming in Detroit during finals based off of what we just learned about you, and I think that you'd say that's worked out okay. <laughs> I guess. Mark didn't pay attention to that joke, so he... Sorry, what are we talking about? I was making a joke about him having sex with his girlfriend. Anyway, uh, Benoit, so you think that China and Korea, are their, their better scrim partners in North America is going to bring EU down? I think significantly. Uh I also think that it's going to be really important with how the world's meta develops. Uh, I know in like 2017, we saw World Elite pull out uh, Caitlyn right after she got nerfed into the ground, and NA and EU weren't really ready for that, and they kind of got stomped by the China teams. But I think it's going to... We've seen at almost every Worlds besides last year, there's always two Chinese or two Korean teams. So The... 
Well, one yeah, uh, in so the top four. It, it didn't happen Sorry. last year, and also yeah. uh, with MSI, like the trend is looking. What was the the Jat meme from two worlds ago, Mark? It's a worrying uh, trend. That was twenty twenty six. I think it's been a while ago. Jesus. Okay. Well, the it's a worrying trend for NA and or for Korean and China. The thing I really like about your take, by the way, is that even if EU doesn't do well. They can still blame. They can blame North America for their poor performance. Like that's. Oh yeah. Giving they're, they're setting it so up golden. Much. Yeah. So what do you think, Mark? Is there a world where uh, China and Korea they're just good enough and they like they accelerate themselves beyond the West? Potentially. Um, you know, I feel like yeah, and this is maybe not as justified in the world after 2018. Uh, world championships where like I, I never felt like teams seemed like they got exponentially better or worse uh, at worlds there were a couple teams that maybe it happened to you know like oh man that team really flopped or that team really overperformed or something like that but it didn't necessarily feel like uh, you know I saw a team suddenly start doing stuff that I hadn't seen them doing before necessarily um, so it's not to say I don't think scrimming good people is valuable but I don't know how much better you can get in in the short period of time that you have. Um, now, if you're looking to, to just get the best practice possible, of course you want to scrim the Korean and the Chinese teams and stuff like that, as well as the European teams and vice versa. But um, these days, I'm not quite sure how beneficial it is. Um, if you're, you know, China and Korea to go to Europe and scrim them, both sides get to see a little bit about each other. There's a little less mystery on what you what you think the read on the meta is, uh, as well as you've been living in Europe for a month and maybe getting burnt out. Uh, so I think it's good that they're not going over. And I think the likelihood that this is substantially better for the East is about the same as it's good for the West. You know, I, I think it it comes down to who gets a better read on the meta, uh, and you'll have a, a good jump start on the group stage potentially. Uh, I don't think that the, like, I don't think anyone in China is substantially better practice than G2 and Fnatic. So for the teams scrimming in Europe, they're going to be getting good practice. You could argue for G2 and Fnatic, it is worse practice for them um, than these other, other regions top teams would be if they could play Fun Plus and they could play SKT. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm really excited to see what happens with this, but I don't think the, the only way it would matter would be more of a med. I think it, it matters much more of a meta read than like quality of practice. Um, yeah, I think situation. that's, well, that's my take yeah. is that the bigger thing here is not necessarily quality of practice, but it's the variance that will be introduced because both of these two groups will probably be playing very different styles of league of legends potentially. And neither side will necessarily know which one is better until they meet up. And so I think what we will have is like a really crazy group stage where you just have potentially like the, we always have, I think last year was the first year where groups was just like no break this, this year we've got one day off in between. And it's really interesting to know what the first half versus the second half of groups will look like, because I think that's where a lot of the stuff is going to get interesting is the two sort of styles of the West versus the East that have developed over the course of their scrims will kind of collide. I mean, the other thing is there's a, just a ton of downtime before worlds starts. I guess we have plans or whatever. Right. But like, 
North America, like a TL, will not have played for so long before we finally see them play their first game. So what does that team look like, you know, coming out of their their scrims and stuff? So and, Yeah, uh, I think I think mental state as well is something that gets, you know, much more uh, influenced than your skill as well. You know, like meta gets influenced a lot. I think if you go out there and you're scrimming Fun Plus and you're scrimming SKT and you're scrimming G2 and your TL, and let's say you are a step behind them, and you lose to them for a month straight before playing them on stage, I think your mental state is much worse than it would be than if you had just stayed home and beat up on your own competition. Maybe you got worse practice, but at least you have some fucking confidence when you go out there. Hey, Benoit, Benoit, uh, thank you so much for calling in. Is there anything you want to say as we move on to our last two callers? I still think G2 is the best team in the world. <laughs> it's a weak old meme, but it's still fresh. The, next the expiration date hasn't passed yet. Gabe likes games. Thank you for the tier one sub. Jay Durant zero. Thank you for the three months. Travis, you timed me out earlier in chat, but it's okay. I still love you. See, that's the commitment that I want from the viewers, um, as well as your subs. Heisendinger is back on the show. Heisendinger, where are you calling from? Remind me. Uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. What? Every fucking Florida. Nah, right. nah. Um, I mean, it's fine. Is it? Is it? What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm basically making a prediction. Uh, top four in the top four. The first place teams from each major region is going to be in the top four. So that's G2, TL. Fun plus, SKT. Yeah. I mean, that the chances of that happening are pretty rough because there's just so much like random upsets that happen at Worlds, right? Where... Something goes weird in groups or I don't know, I, like you, in order for that to happen, don't they all need to be coming out of groups in the first yeah, seed yeah. mark? So, oh, sorry. Uh, th theoretically not, that's not the only scenario. I think, you know, if two teams come out as the second seed, they can draw oh, the first yes. seed from the other groups. Right, right, right. If, you're right. If there's you're an right. odd number drawn, someone will have to one one top seed will have to play another top seed. So either all four, two, or four need to all you know. Yes, that would be a sick take. By the way, all four of the top teams from each of the regions get second seed, go into <laughs> face the first seeds, beat them, and then face each other in the. The semifinals. That's now that's a prediction, Heisendinger. Where's that one? Oh <laughs> yeah. uh, well, no. So the reason why I'm saying this is because uh, I think if you look at the kind of the the power level of all the top tier team, like or the the top seed teams, I think they just blow away like the competition, like everyone below them. It's like S tier is like all the like I think they're just that much better, and then it's kind of you just got to like argue. Okay, well, which one of these like ridiculously good teams? And yes, I'm like calling TL like ridiculously good, uh, are better than the other. And so it's like I think if the brackets permit it, which is yes, I understand that like I'm calling a long shot, but I am like looking for that long shot because I think it is kind of like the it's gonna be like it should be just the best looking world, assuming right. that the bracket doesn't screw us. I think we all agree, just due to sheer number of probability. Uh, and outcomes and those kinds of things that this is already unlikely to happen regardless of if they actually even are the best teams and the, 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 the best four teams. So what are the odds you think this happens, Heisendinger? I think it's, it's, it's probably less than 1%. But think about 
Like you, like Mark, you're like, think about it. Casting, semis, and it's like TL and SKT. And then the next day you get to do like G2 Fun Plus. Like tell me you would not just. like Dude, give, give, me TL, give me TL G2 for the Battle of the East versus the Battle of the West. That would be the dopest. No, yeah, but like I think, and, and I would say that like any of these kind of matchups would just be like thebomb.com. Right, then, so uh, I agree that that'd be dope. I agree it's unlikely to happen, but I disagree that it is still hopeful given the top fourth team. I don't think TL is actually the fourth best team at Worlds. Um, I would probably put them, you know, top eight, top seven. Yeah, they're definitely worse than I think Fnatic. I love that you moved them from than, eight to seven. <laughs> you gave them one more. You moved them up one. one. For the record, I mean, top eight is so good. Yeah. It's like top eight isn't bad. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I would say G2 is going to be better. Fun Plus and SKT. I actually, I kind of like Damwon more than uh, Griffin, but who knows? Maybe all three of them. Maybe uh, RNG and uh, uh, IG. I, I think they're definitely better than Splice. So that would put them... I can't do math. That's ninth, and depending on... Somewhere between seventh and ninth, depending on where they fall there. Um, you know, Don't say I they're better that's... than Splice, okay? I don't need more dislikes. Eisendinger, thank you so much for the call. Yeah, it was nice talking Anything you want to say as we say goodbye? Uh, I kind of also want to see Unicorns of Love knock out Splice. I remember there was that caller earlier. That yeah, would be, be sick fun. as fuck. Thanks so much for calling in. Yeah. Our last so caller. I, so you know, I was distracted a minute ago. I was I was looking at our dislike ratio on our videos when we were shitting on hundred thieves fans, and everyone was really mad at us, or at least the hundred thieves fans were mad at us. And it wasn't very significant. Right. I was just doing some background check to be like, was it just a feeling that? Who's who's more trigger happy no, no, on the, the, EU uh, fans, the downvote button? This is a crazy thing. This is a show that is almost entirely about North America. And yet somehow the EU fans it's... care enough about our region that they come and watch it and dislike it. Come on. It's because it They don't make it this far in the show, so I can talk openly about it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh I, I don't think it's that ridiculous. A bunch of uh, authority figures and air quotes talking about it uh, on their regional show. Someone links it and then like 20,000 extra people watch it from Reddit or wherever. I think it's not that that ridiculous. It's not like, they're, like all 20,000 were hunting. Something was brought up to them and then they reacted to it. What we really need wow. to do is tell the EU fans that the show starts at 8. Or sorry, the show starts at 10 when it actually starts at 8. Because then they'll miss it by two hours. <laughs> if only this thing called YouTube didn't exist. Ugh. It was a joke about the tickets. Oh, you're too clever for me. We didn't get a talk caller on that. Maybe at the end. Getting our last caller in right now. Thank you to One Icon for the Twitch Prime. Very nice. Nobody else subs, so we'll sit in silence. Smokin' the Quash is here. Smokin' the Quash, where are you calling from? 
Uh, San Jose, California. San Jose. Have you been smoking the quash? A, a little bit. A little okay. bit. I believe it's Koosh. Q O O S H. Travis, there's no A sound. What do you want to talk about on the show? Basically, uh, I was. Uh, my topic is that if TL fails at Worlds, which honestly, if you're an NA fan, that's what you should expect at this point. Um, if they fail at Worlds, I think that the media uh, and community flame will be so much that Steve will like blow up the roster again, like he did um, after like Pobelter and Ole. They won back to back splits, but he didn't hesitate to give them the boot. So I think that Steve is so committed to paying by Steve the win that he will maybe make a move like Big Smithy if he underperforms. I think, I don't think a little bit of a short shorter leash Ig smithy uh based on like recent so, international performances and if he has another bad tournament i could see tl wanting to move on but that could like really level up another team so one what does uh fail at worlds look like well actually i think tl probably makes it out of groups assuming that they get a good draw sure sure but in your scenario you said if they think, fail at worlds i want you to define what is what at what point in time do they what where do they need to get in the tournament for steve to not do this in your scenario uh, i actually think he shouldn't do it uh period no, no, no. I think. i'm asking right right but like okay. you're saying you this he is will do happen. this yeah what, for sure I think, where where will they need to get to so he doesn't do this i think any non-competitive best of five uh leads to uh maybe steve doing this like if we draw like fanatic uh, in the knockout stage and uh, like it's 3-0 or something and they just boom us and Broxa is just like smurfing, I can totally see all the like Reddit and media kind of pressure getting to Steve and maybe he goes for, I don't know, I don't have the like free agent list. So obviously there's a lot more that leads into it, but I could see him trying to like move on. Yeah, the second thing I would say is I don't think that changing out two players constitutes blowing up a roster. I feel like blowing up a roster no, is that, three or no, four No, for or sure. I think and it's pretty – it was pretty – I think it's an unprecedented move in terms of, like, winning the championship back-to-back -back and then removing two players and then actually what, – What if I sure told you TSM did this? Well, I was yeah. actually going to bring up the TX, yeah. TSM example as a, as a counterpoint. you said it's unprecedented, but – Reggie is still was, feeling with I know, the repercussions. I was say well, it was unprecedented that they succeeded afterwards. And I think it was an easier yeah. move because this was, I think everyone agreed that this was like an on-paper upgrade. Um, and I don't think it was as risky, the most recent like upgrades that TL made. Mark? I was going to say the exact same thing. The, the TSM move at the time was called a side grade by people. No one ever said Jensen for Pobelter and Core JJ for Ole was a side grade. That's yeah, a, for sure. That's a fucking I think upgrade. It was the best move. Right, which, which, which is why the Smithy one's not going to happen. There's no NA jungler that they can get. They need to get an NA jungler because Jensen and. Uh, I think Core Jensen's JJ. a resident oh, now. Jensen becomes, Jensen becomes a resident, doesn't he? I think he does. Aha! I, I stand Steve corrected has, again. Mark, you have a I sign. I think Steve has this master plan. Mark, where the plan. sign? 
Impact became a resident last year, which allowed them to get Jensen. He becomes resident this year. Steve has this master plan to just import the whole roster until it's all technically NA. I don't think Steve cares if any of the players are actually from NA when we win Worlds, as long as he can build a team in NA that built, that wins Worlds. I like how well, I, last I episode I, I was a Malding Boomer. This episode is just Mark's a, a fucking moron. Um, <laughs> we need a we need this this screenshot as one of your emotes. Yeah, I don't think that's how emotes work, but I do think that I'm pretty sure someone can make that emote. I do think usable. that. Um, okay, if they don't make it out, if they don't make it out of groups, or they look embar- they get embarrassed and quarters i do agree they will make roster changes i don't know how many i mean i think it depends a lot on the performance of the players because you got to imagine core and double are safe yeah i feel like jensen's probably safe impact's probably safe he's a beast for sure i think i think smithy is the only one i think even if it's like ants like at worlds which i don't see that happening i also just don't see I, I, I would be be hesitant to go find a jungler who doesn't speak English very well. Uh, what and if then, you found a European jungler? I, I know I know I saw some people mentioning Broxa, right? But yeah. like, you know, that's fine if you can get him. But I wouldn't, yeah. you know, go. I don't know. I I just see it as a lot less likely than those other ones. Yeah. Um, just real quick counterpoint to the like non English speaker. I mean, Impact is Korean, speaks Korean. Core JJ is Korean, speaks Korean. The head coach speaks Korean. It's like, I don't think if they ended up with a Korean jungler, like this team would be doomed in terms of communication. Mark, Peter's yep. li- Peter's path throughout all of his career has always been leading him to this point in time, him and four imports. All right. That's that's the team <laughs> that we coming. will finally be it's able coming. to win. Double lift and, and four imports. Thing. It would be the most American thing ever. Yes. You know, just outsourcing <laughs> all of our talent, or I guess outsourcing other people, bringing in people's talent, importing it, uh, and, you know, slapping our little logo on it and being like, get out there, you know? It actually ties in my other topic. My other topic was Doublelift should leave NA, but if we can get four imports, uh, that's we, basically Sadly, we don't have thing, time so. for your other topic. anyway. The other thing I was going to throw out there is uh, Impact and Core JJ speak actually extremely good English uh, relative okay. to yeah. the spectrum of, of English-speaking imports that you can find uh, from Korea. They're they're on the on the better end. Um, now that said, they do have a fair amount of infrastructure. To your point, that they, that they could probably grab an extra one, but uh, who knows? Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe TL flames out. They get blamed. I would bet against it. I think Smithy, a good jungler, I think he's a great jungler, and he's the best NA has to offer. I just don't know if NA is enough. Yeah, and if if he gets torn apart. Like him specifically, and it's not like ah, well, our lanes also didn't do jack shit while our jungler got destroyed, yeah. you know. Then, I, then maybe that's that's where you might see this. But I think otherwise, it should be be uh, safe. Mark, you're frozen again, but it's okay. Hey, thank you so much. My Skype just decided to yeah, crash. Thanks for having me. Thank you, smoking the the koosh, koosh, the koosh. <laughs> Anything you want to say? By the way, any shoutouts? Just shout out the sponsors for keeping everything happening. The movement sunglasses look cool. And uh, shout out my fam squad, if any of them are watching. And uh, have a good night, everyone. Have a good one. All right. Uh, That is the show. Oh, you're calling me?
I saw it. You said fucking calling back was what you had said. Oh, that was. Yeah, you did. You just typed that. No, 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 no. Okay. Did you mute? I said, I said, fuck calling back. Like, don't call back. Oh, I misread. Sorry. It's okay. You've had a lot of F bombs on the show. I apologize uh, to our partners. I don't think we've. Have we ever pretended to be PG 13? Yeah, we maybe try to keep it PG 13. After a certain number of F bombs, then you become an R rated movie. What about written ones? Yeah, that, I mean, that's maybe worse because you had it, it up is? for a long period of time. Easier to screenshot. Do you have anything you want to shout out? Uh, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Not at all. I'm going to be at TwitchCon. I'll see everybody there. But first, I'm going to Mexico. I'll be in Tulum if anyone needs me. Relaxing on the beach with Kelby May. Oh, did Bro never get back to you? Oh, about tomorrow? Tomorrow? Uh, no, he has not gotten back to me. Typical Broden. Guys, tweet it. Uh, uh, quick shout out. I want, to, I want you all to tweet at Broden telling him to respond to Travis. Yeah, at Broden Plett on Twitter. I believe yeah, you're going to gonna put it in Twitch chat? Yeah. Broden Plett. I think you guys just want to tweet really quick at him. Tweet at Broden and tell him that he should Oh, you reply. know the show's ending, buddy? Hey, come here. No. Come here, little man. Look how cute this is. He's just rubbing his face on my legs. Come here, little boy. People say Broden's working with Lindsey Sterling. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you get when you start working with me, all right? You get access to top-tier talent. He did a documentary on Marshmallow earlier this year. That's the show. 